It's the season of great comebacks. No, I'm not talking about Easter. I'm talking about everything terrible we forgot that we endured in the 20th century because of our notorious poor recall of our past. Americans, U.S. citizens, the U.S.ans, we repeat everything. Kindergarten, wars, slogans, presidents, retired menu items at fast food restaurants. Remember when children were used by cities to sweep chimneys and by corporations to work in mines and factories for low pay and low dignity? Well, guess what? It's coming back. Actually, it never left. I've got some explaining to do. Let's get into it. Hey there, Allians. It's official. Podcast listeners for Ayana Explains It All are Allians. I love it. All plus the I-E-N-S of aliens. Get it, Allians? Work with me. Work with me, please. I'm trying to find a nice little, um, I'm trying to find a nickname for the listeners of this podcast. And I like Allians. It came to me late one night in a dream. No, I'm kidding. But I like it. Let me know what you think. But uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of Ayana Explains It All, the podcast hosted by the Black Muslim Lady Lawyer, with an opinion on everything, born and raised in the hood and now living in the suburbs of Northeast Ohio with my teenagers, trying to avoid train derailments and Fox News clips. Ayana Explains It All now has its own website. Yes, I finally took the plunge, opened up my pocket just a little bit more, <laughs> and built a website for the podcast. It is www.ayanaexplainsitall.com. That's www.ayanaexplainsitall.com. Go there and you will see all of the episodes of the podcast posted. Each individually, you'll see episode summaries, you'll see all of the citations, and you'll be able to listen to the audio of the podcast, as well as there are links to each of the individual streaming sites like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, et cetera, et cetera. So you can choose whatever listening streaming service you want to use to enjoy the podcast. You can even find the podcast on YouTube. Yes, I am on YouTube. I don't do video podcasts, but I do have a program that converts what I say, my podcast, into like a, a movie clip, and a video clip. It's the entire thing. I don't know what you call it. One of these days, I'm going to have to put on some makeup and a hijab and do a video podcast. But for now, uh, last week I was off because my son was home from college and I was um, I did exactly what. I said I was going to do, yelled at him to turn down his video games. <laughs> uh, it was nice having him here. It was it was really nice. It's um, it's very quiet when he's not here. My daughter is quiet. She's 15 years old and she's quiet. My son is 18 and he makes a lot of noise and eats a lot of food. I love them both. They um, are one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast, because they give me a lot of material to draw from. <laughs> You can support Ayana Explains It All by listening, subscribing, reviewing, and rating where available. You can even do that from the website. Yes, they have a section where you can leave reviews, written reviews, five stars, four stars. I'll even take one star. Okay, one star means that you listened. If you don't like it, if it's not for you, I get it. I understand. Hopefully, you will share this podcast anyway with people you know, family, doctor, engineer, lawyer, police officer, firefighter, <laughs> anyone you come across. I remember I had a conversation with um, a customer service representative when I was cutting my cable and I told him about my podcast and hopefully he remembered and listened. But uh, yeah, share it with people. Help me grow my podcast. Also, you can help me by contributing monetarily to the podcast. I use a lot of different news sites to create an episode of Ayana Explains It All. And for some reason, nowadays, everyone wants you to sign up, subscribe to their 
news and it costs $9 a month, $8 a month, whatever. And so I'm signed up with a bunch of different places and it's getting kind of expensive, but I appreciate all of the valuable information that I get from, that I get from them. I would love to offset some of the costs of that. I would also love to purchase new hardware. My laptop is dying. I need new headphones. I'm begging help. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm a lawyer, right? I'm supposed to be rich. <laughs> Jokes on you. I work in public service. <laughs> so anyway, if you can, go to the, the, the Spotify link and it'll show you how to support the podcast. You can also, I think I'm going to add that to the website as well. I'm still tinkering with the website because that's what I do. I tinker and tinker and tinker and tinker until I get on my own nerves. So ayanaexplainsitall.com. You can also find Ayana Explains It All on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. Again, all of those things are linked at the website. Everything is there. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of myself for finally doing that. This episode of Ayana Explains It All is a very special one. Why is it special? Because it is about the Chirins. I believe the Chirins are a future. No, I can't sing. I can't sing. I can't sing. I can't dance. But uh, while I was off for that week, I spent a lot of time working on the nuts and bolts of the podcast, obviously a website. But I also updated the podcast description. I finally boiled down what this podcast is about. And what I do here is I bridge the gap between current events and human behavior. Understanding human behavior in the context of current events can be complex because people's actions and reactions are influenced by a wide range of factors, including social, cultural, economic, political, psychological factors. You know, human beings are multidimensional and we're unique. And our behavior often influences what is happening in the world. Yes, you influence the news. You influence current events. Ayana Explains It All podcast features lively discussions. As you know, if you've been listening, I get real, real spicy here. I even cuss a little bit. If that's not your thing, sorry. I don't know what to tell you because I'm not going to change. <laughs> so there are lively discussions that consider the broader social, cultural, the broader social, cultural, psychological, economic, or political context of current events, as well as identifies underlying motivations behind the human response to them, or the humans that cultivated them. Analyzing individual differences in behavior can provide a more nuanced discussion which is what I love. I love nuanced discussions, nuanced understandings of the ways in which people are responding to current events and help explain the behavior and attitudes that ushered them in. Through facts, figures, and enlightenment, which you hear me say at the end of every episode, Ayana Explains It All provides insight into our communities and community members, developing more effective strategies for addressing the challenges we face as a society. So that is the new description. You'll see that on the website. Anyway, I am the single mom of two very lovely teenage dragons. Last year, both of my children, when they were 14 and 17, last year, they both had jobs. Yes, jobs outside of the house. Yes, my daughter worked at 14. I couldn't believe it. Her first real job with a real paycheck. Oh, she made a lot of money, honey. She didn't need me for a damn thing. <laughs> my son, too. All they needed me to do was to cash the checks for him. I was like, okay. I was happy. I was proud to have working kids. I think it's important for children to work a job. Even if it's, you know, fast food, it's something that they can understand the value of earning money, budgeting money, budgeting time, working with people who they may not otherwise encounter, learning to live with a schedule, to have to leave the house and go somewhere and do something different that brings them a source of pride and happiness. 
I think that's important. I think that's important. My son worked at a pizza shop. At first, I thought he was just going to be washing dishes. No, they had him doing everything. And I said, did they train you to do this? I just watched, but it's pretty easy. I can, you know, figure it out. My kids are very smart, both of them, but they're also, when they want to, pay attention to what's going on around them. They pick up things very easily. So he was able to pick up on things and and work the job, and he did very well, and my daughter did the same thing, and I loved hearing all of the stories they would tell me. One thing I did not know about my son's job is that his manager was stealing tips from the employees. Yeah. He worked with other teenagers, uh, people he went to school with. Uh, But the manager was taking money from them. And that's something that because they were so happy to have jobs, because they even if they had gotten 50 cents as a tip, they would have been happy. It's their first job. They don't really know how the tip system works and what the remuneration is supposed to be. But employers are supposed to explain this to kids. And they're also supposed to keep track of tips. And they're supposed to, however they divide them, divide them and not put them in their pocket. This is why we have labor laws. This is why we have child labor laws to protect people from scheming, low-down, dirty corporations, managers, bosses, whatever. My daughter also, when she worked, she had a summer job working alongside custodian. Um, at her former elementary school. I thought, oh, that's great. You can, you know, do some landscaping, do some cleaning. It's not too labor intensive. You're 14, you'll be fine. (laughs) She'd come home and tell me the stories, the things that they talked about, about what they observed at school while school was in session. I'm like, I don't think they should be talking to a 14-year-old about these things. And then I remembered myself, my first job was, I was 16 years old, 16 going on 17. It was the summer before my senior year of high school. And this was through a a minority student, um, whatever, smart kid, uh, work hard kid program. And there were jobs available at a corporation that was then called Parker Hannafin. It's now called Parker. It's in Northeast Ohio. There were a certain number of jobs that were available to for for some kids at Parker Hannafin. And then there was one job that would not be at Parker Hannafin. It would be elsewhere. And leave it to me to be the one who gets the job where no one else is working, where I have to be the only student working there. Listen, God be trying to tell me something, honey. God be giving me the toughest battles, man. This was a chemical corporation. I can't even remember the name of it. I think it was like synthetic products or something. I don't think it exists anymore. This was 1995. Yeah, I'm old. But I worked in their shipping and receiving warehouse. Listen, I'm from the hood, born and raised in the hood. So I know tough and I know dirty and I know scummy and scuzzy and scuzzball. But damn, this was either I was a princess or this was just fucking dirty. It was not fun. I had to go into the warehouse and count um, bags of chemicals. And I would always leave with a covered in dust. I don't even know what the fuck, what kind of cake dust this was. It could have been poison, could have been... I mean, it obviously wasn't radioactive since I'm still sitting here, but every day, because I I worked with men. It was only men where I worked in the particular place that I worked at. So I was, yeah, I was a teenage girl working around a bunch of grown men. I wouldn't even use the word grown for most of them. I got hit on and harassed so much. Like one dude, it was, it was, and these were truck drivers mostly who were doing the hitting on me when they would come in to pick up their product. One guy followed me down. I had to walk down a long street to get to the bus. I also took the bus to work. Something my kids didn't have to do. They work, they walk. 
or I drive them to work, but I took the bus to work. And so one guy even followed me down the street. I'm like, this is just, do they know that I'm only 15 years old? I was turning 16 that summer. My birthday is July 18th. Hey, I'm a summertime baby. But it was, uh, I loved the experience that I got. Learned how to use computers to enter information in a database. Learned how to work with the average everyday American. Great, wonderful. This is really going to help me in my job as a lawyer. <laughs> I don't know. It was definitely an experience. It was an exper experience. And the next summer, <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but the partic that particular part of the plant, it blew up. <laughs> they had a chemical explosion. <laughs> I mean, big surprise, right? Chemicals, they get tired of just sitting there on their asses and they go, ker bloom. And I, I, I don't know if that was the end of the, the fact if they rebuilt it or whatever. I never I did not keep up with um, the company. I just remember seeing that story in the newspaper and thinking, wow, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> just based on how they stored things and how things were run. Of course, it blew up. My God. But Ohio like every state in the union of the United States and the federal government have labor laws that govern the employment of children under 18 in different industries and job types. I had to get a work permit to do that job. My kids had to get work permits. Work permit is permission from your parents and in Ohio, you need permission from the school too. You have to like give it to the school to have them sign it. The parents have to sign it. The um, the employer has to outline what your job duties are going to be and what your hours are. And just like that, just like that, you got a job. It's it's not it's not difficult, but I understand it could be a hardship for some people when their parents won't sign their sign their work permits. But a lot of parents want their kids to work. A lot of parents want their kids to work. I mean, for for a lot of reasons. But so in Ohio, you have to have a work permit if you are under the age of 18. And then there are laws that are different for 16 and 17 year olds and 14 and 15 year olds. So and it's like that in a lot of states. These laws are intended to protect children from being exploited by employers and ensure that they have access to education and opportunities for growth and development. Wonderful, great. These laws outline restrictions on working hours and prohibited occupations. For instance, minors cannot work in manufacturing. They can't. They can't work in manufacturing, mining, processing, or public messenger service. They cannot work during school hours and must be given a 30-minute rest period after five consecutive hours of work. This is in the state of Ohio. The Fair Labor Standards Act, the federal act, sets a minimum age of 14 for most types of non-agricultural work. However, there are exceptions for agricultural or entertainment. Very reasonable. We've all heard the horror stories <laughs> from adults who were child actors. I just read one today from, I believe it was Cole Sprouse from uh, Zach and Cody. The, they're the twins on the Sweet Life with Zach and Cody from Disney. And he said, just like Jeanette McCurdy, she wrote that book about her mother, about her, her, um, her parents. And she said, I'm glad my mother is dead. And this was because for both of them, they were made to work from a very young age. I think the, the Sprouse brothers started working when they were eight months old. They were made to work from a very young age in an industry that was not built for them to make money for their families. The Sprouse brothers worked because their family was poor. Their mother, specifically, they lived with their mother. 
And she didn't manage money very well. And so the money they made in their early years is all gone. And then they were, um, and they had a custody battle or whatever. They were sent to live with their dad. And at first their dad was like, oh, I want my kids to be kids. But then he was like, oh, I do see the monetary value in having your children work. They can make a lot of money. And so he kept them in TV and movies when they didn't want to be. They didn't want to do that. Jeanette McCurdy, she didn't want to act. She hates acting. She completely has removed herself from Hollywood and it's, it's, it told her story. She was made to act and she didn't say anything or do anything. She just kept doing it until her mother died. And she felt like she didn't have a reason to anymore. She was only doing this because her mother wanted money. They needed money. She was the breadwinner. Can you imagine a child being the breadwinner for your family? And this happens to a lot of celebrity kids, kids in the industry. Their parents put them to work, make them work within the bounds of the law, of course. But they're doing this every day and they have tutors on set. They're not really going to school like other kids go to school. But then their money, which should be going into a trust for them to have when they turn 18 or 21 or 25. But the parents are spending their money. They're living off of their children. And I understand when there's a need, maybe you take a couple dollars, <laughs> but you don't use your children as the breadwinner, as the money earners. You take your ass to work. You work. These kids are, they're one-year-olds, they're five-year-olds. It, it's ridiculous that children are being made to earn a living for their family. But in a lot of cases, especially with non-celebrities, children have to get a job at age 12, 13, 14. In a lot of cultures, children are put to work when they're very small, working in fields, working, harvesting food, uh, making money for their family at, 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 at bazaars and fairs and outdoor markets, or they're going to work at fast food restaurants or they're delivering, news, delivering newspapers. Remember when kids would deliver newspapers, like little kids pulling fucking wagons with newspapers in them? When I was younger, our paper boy, yeah, paper boy, was a boy. <laughs> kids would walk around in the wee hours, like four o'clock in the morning, Sometimes their parents would be with them, sometimes they wouldn't. And they would toss the papers wherever on the porch, on the roof. And that was their job. And they made money. And maybe they got to keep it, maybe they didn't. But the point is, young kids were working in conditions that probably are not optimal for children. Like, could you see your child working at four o'clock in the morning delivering papers, even if you're driving alongside them? Do you see your child waking up at four o'clock in the morning? to deliver fucking newspapers? No. And why would you want them to do that? It sounds like it's an easy job. But is it optimal for a child who still needs to finish school? A lot of people, you know, they say, hey, well, but school isn't as important as making money. School isn't as important as putting food on the table. Maybe they're right. But for a child, you're wrong. They need at least basic math skills, reading skills, fucking reading. There are kids in second grade who cannot read. And I talked about this a couple episodes ago, but states are changing the standards of how we judge what is a good education and what is a bad education. And we're using test scores. And there are a lot of children still not doing well, not performing well on these standardized tests because they can't fucking read. So maybe let the kids be in school, let them get their education. And then when they turn 18 or 16 or 14, let them get a part-time job. But putting someone to work when they're five, eight, nine, and 10, to me, that's inhumane. As an American, as a U.S. citizen, that's, that's inhumane to me. And maybe in other cultures and other countries, that is what is expected and maybe even uh, 
pronounced from the government. Maybe they're even forced to do it. But here in the United States, that shit should not be happening. That should not be happening. But it is. That's why I'm here talking about it. (laughs) So recently, our dear friend, Goody Huckabee Sanders of the state of Arkansas, I'm still very um, perplexed as to how she became governor of Arkansas, considering she's a lying liar. But our friend Goody Huckabee Sanders announced that the state of Arkansas would drop. Now listen, they, they, and they did it. They did it yesterday. She signed this bill into law that they would drop the work permit requirement for people from ages 14 to 17, stating that people do not need permission from the government to work. The governor of Arkansas said this. People do not need permission from the government to work. Oh, really? (laughs) Then why do you make immigrants get work permits? Why do you tell immigrants that they can't have the jobs that all the Americans want to do, that they need permission from the government to work? It's not that people do not need permission from the government to work. It's that there are some people who do and some people who don't. See, there are acceptable forms of discrimination in this country. Yes, minor children are people. Minor children are people. They are very nice people. Some of them are a little naughty. She said people, but they're kids. They are minor children. They are kids. And what is it that we've always been told by doctors and scientists that the human brain isn't fully formed until age 25? So you're telling someone whose brain is still forming that they don't need their parents or their school's permission to go to work. They can just get up, go fill out a job application and start working. And that's it. She said that she trusts the the, the corporations, the companies, the employers will do the right thing and follow the law. They don't need to show what duties the children will be doing. They don't need to show the schedule the children will have. Just hire the kids and let them work. We trust that you'll do the right thing. Do you think that corporations do the right thing when it comes to uh, children working at their companies? What's going on that we suddenly need to waive the requirements for children to work? I can't, I can't think of a thing. Unless, well, there was this rumor going around that the Republican Party thinks that no one wants to work that Americans don't want to work and businesses are suffering from a labor shortage. But that's just a rumor. It's not really true. They don't actually feel that way. And if they did, they wouldn't beef up the labor market with babies, children, to stave off the labor shortage, would they? Of fucking course they would. They would use anything. They would use dogs and cats if they could. They would use monkeys if they could. (laughs) They would use birds if they could. I mean, are we, is anybody surprised? Is anybody surprised that because the labor market has a shortage of employees, for whatever reason, it got really bad during the pandemic and after the pandemic. And I'll tell you why. People died, number one. Over one million Americans died. Number two, a lot of people looked at the jobs that they were doing and were like, nah, I can do a lot better than this. A lot of factories closed down. Some places went out of business. But a lot of factories could not operate because people couldn't leave their homes because there was a pandemic and they needed to quarantine at home. A lot of people got sick. People, especially working in factories, would get sick all the time. And you don't want sick people processing your food, do you? Unless you do, I don't know. Some of you are really kinky. So yes, there's a labor shortage. There's also a housing shortage. There's a housing crisis. There's a money shortage. There's a money crisis. But to say that the answer to the labor shortage is to allow children to work and eliminate the middleman, i.e. their parents, is, is asinine to me. It's ridiculous. Parents still need to be involved in these decisions for their children. 
and schools need to know what's going on with their students. You expect schools to monitor children's online behavior, their behavior on the bus, their behavior while they're in, in school, in class, even when they set foot on the campus. You expect them to monitor all of this, but then you don't want them to know what is going on in your child's home life, in their personal life. So you have a kid who's coming to school, who's fallen asleep in class, who's leaving class early, maybe, because they got to go to work. Schools need to know this. I think it's important for schools to know what is going on with their kids so that they can properly instruct them. Not so they can be, you know, all up in their business. No. So they can properly instruct them. So they can maybe aid them, give them some guidance. I, I, I mean, if a child was being abused at home, you'd want to know that. If a child didn't have food at home or, or running water, you'd want to know that. You mean to tell me schools don't need to know what the kids' work schedules are so they can understand why their children are not paying attention in class or why they're falling asleep in class, why they're not doing their homework assignments? Perhaps there's a job that's interfering. Not only that, schools are another regulatory body. Perhaps the child is doing something on that job that they that's dangerous, that's detrimental to their well-being. A school is another regulatory body. They have social workers, they have counselors, people who can help children navigate this or who can help protect kids. But if they don't know what's going on, if they haven't seen what the kids are doing, they can't help children they don't know, if they don't know anything about their lives. They know who the parents are. They know the parents' work numbers. They know where the parents work. Why shouldn't they know where the children work and what the children are doing? I know, it's intrusive. We don't like government intrusion unless it benefits us. We don't like government regulation unless it benefits us. We don't really think that, or we, we think that people are going to do the right thing. Republicans rely on people doing the right thing as a means of checks and balances. That's their checks and balances. Well, we, we trust. We trust that people will do the right thing. Because we know people. They wouldn't want to hurt a kid. As of March 8th, 2023, as I mentioned, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, governor of Arkansas, signed a bill into law rolling back child labor protections called the Youth Hiring Act. That makes it sound empowering, right? Oh, Youth Hiring Act. That just means they're going to hire a bunch of kids and they're going to do whatever the fuck they want to do with those kids. And there ain't nothing you are going to do about it because you're going to look the other way because you're going to think, oh, well, this is good for our manufacturing sector, for our agricultural sector, for all these these jobs that no other American wants to do. This is great, right? And yeah, put those kids to work. Kids need to know how to, to work a job. Kids need to earn their keep, earn their way. I'm from the generation where the parents constantly drilled into the child that they needed to have a plan as of the day they turned 18 years old or they had to leave. This is what me and my siblings were told all the time. This is what my friends were told. We're from that generation where it's you're 18, you either have a job or you're going to college or get out. Never mind that maybe we didn't give you the tools necessary to succeed at a job or even at college. Never mind that you don't have anywhere to go. If you were to be kicked out of your home, where the fuck are you going to go? You're going to be homeless. But it happened to a lot of kids. Get the fuck out. You're 18. Even if you had a job, okay, when are you moving out? When are you leaving? This is a very American thing to do, to kick the children to the curb once they reach 18. I've talked to my kids about this. I, I've told them, you can't live with me forever, but I will support you in where you land next after college. You can't live with me forever. I have my own life outside of being your mom. I love you. I'm going to support you in your endeavors. But you have to live on your own. You have to establish your own life. This is what I talk to my children about all the time. You have to establish your own life. You have to build your own life. 
You have a life outside of our house, outside of school, outside of your friends, outside of your family. And you will continue to build that as you grow older. And you're going to have to nourish it. You're going to have to invest in it. You're going to have to grow it. And yes, you're probably going to have to do it away from me. And I'm, but I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to give you the emotional tools, the social tools, the economic tools, the psychological tools. I'm going to prepare you for that. I'm going to help you be prepared for the challenges that you're going to face. I won't be able to prevent them, but I'm going to help you understand how to deal with them. I did not get that. I was just told, 18 years old, you either have a job, you're going to college, or you're, you're moving out. But also, I was raised in a conservative religious household. And in my community, girls were getting married at 15, 16, 17 years old, usually to older guys who could take care of them. They would be housewives and the men would go off and work. You can't remove protections from children. Not at a time where there are predators coming from every direction. If we think that apps like TikTok are bad for our kids, how do we trust that some corporation or an employer is going to protect our children? How do we, how do, how do we reconcile that? You can't. You can't say that one is bad and the other one is okay. Because I'll tell you some stories. I'm going to tell you some stories that will have you looking sideways at every single thing in your home. But what they're saying here with this legislation, and, and other states are looking at legislation similar to the Youth Hiring Act as well, they're saying that Children under the age of 16 do not have to obtain permission from the Division of Labor to get a job in the state of Arkansas. They're saying that employers no longer have to verify a child's age. Now, this is a human rights nightmare, if you ask me. It's a human rights nightmare. There are no protections for children now. And you pray that your child is going to come home from work and tell you if something is going wrong. But they don't always do that. We know this. We know we have to sometimes drag this information out of our kids. But we also know that employers have our children doing things that maybe they shouldn't be doing. Like uh, working in a freezer, working on an assembly line, working in an auto plant around, ha around hazards like uh, dangerous heights, dangerous machinery. But they're saying that children no longer need an employment certificate, which verified their ages, described their work and work schedule, and included written consent from a parent or guardian. And as legislators in Arkansas concluded that this would make it easier for parents who were unduly burdened with giving permission for their minor child to work. I don't get that. I don't get that. <laughs> I'm going to have to, somebody's going to have to explain this to me like I'm five, okay? How is it that parents are unduly burdened with giving permission for their minor child to work? For me, I've had two kids, two work permits. All I had to do was sign those. That's all I had to do. I had to sign them. Um, I had to take uh, one to my daughter's because she was going from middle school to high school. So I had to, I, I guess I had to, on my lunch break, go to the school and have the school sign it and then pick it up. And that wasn't really a burden because I was taking my lunch break. Uh, my son, he just went to the school office and he had them sign it and I signed it and he took it to the employer. I mean, I, I did, it didn't cost me anything. <laughs> it didn't cost me anything. It took maybe a few minutes to do. It wasn't a burden. It's no more a burden than doing it. Probably doing your tax return is heftier than signing a work permit for your child to obtain employment. I mean, come on. That is a lame excuse, a very lame excuse. You're just covering up the fact that you want kids to be able to work because you need workers. Because you have a shortage of adults to do the jobs. 
that you need to get done, the service jobs, the factory jobs. You can't find people to do these jobs because during the pandemic, a lot of people decided that they were too good to be earning minimum wage. And I don't fucking blame them. What is minimum wage now? In Ohio, it went up to $10.10. Go, Ohio. Let's see what it is for the state of Arkansas because, ooh, let's see what you can make in Arkansas. I bet you'd be rolling in the money in Arkansas. Oh, $11. Wow. 11 whole dollars. Bet you could feed a whole family on that. No, the fuck you can't. Don't even think about it. No, you can't. You, you'd be probably just squeaking by on $20 an hour. But a lot of people decided that that is not enough money and they are correct. They are correct. Minimum wage should be a lot higher than $10 and $11 an hour. People found jobs that were going to pay them more so that they could actually live without having to break their back by working five jobs or one main job and three side gigs to provide for themselves and their families. Or people moved. But also the pandemic changed immigration. A lot of people were deported. They had to go back to their home countries because they couldn't, people who were students here, who could work and maybe they were students here, they had to go back home. Then again, a lot of people died. A lot of people moved. People decided to leave where they were to go on grand adventures, to move to another state, to another country even. But mostly there are all these jobs now that you were begging people to come back and do. Work in hospitals, work in hotels, work in restaurants, work in food service. Mechanics, plumbers, HVAC people, begging these people, delivery drivers, truck drivers. You all were waiving requirements for everything so that anybody could come in and work and get the economy going. So you're having a hard time filling positions. So what do you do? Oh, let's look to this untapped labor class. Oh, it looks like they need all these requirements to work, though. Nah, let's just get rid of them. Like how Republicans wanted to get rid of the regulations on our railway system. And they managed to do that. And now we see <laughs> what the cost is of deregulation. The less regulations, the more dangerous it is for people in our society. The more dangerous it is to live in a town with a railroad going through it. The more dangerous it is to be a child who has to work. The more dangerous it is to be someone immigrating to the United States. But of course, when it's something that they don't like, like they don't want people, more people coming into the U.S., so they'll tighten the regulations there. And they want to make, force women to have babies. So they'll tighten the regulations there. But it doesn't make sense. You either are for people's freedom, freedom to move, freedom to, to birth and live and do whatever they want and travel, and, or you're not. But you're for it if it benefits you and you, you are against it if you find it, if you find it morally objectionable. Your morals should not be in government. Separate the church from the state, honey. And I don't see how you find any moral ground to allow children to be willy-nilly employed in these different industries, in the hotel industry, in the food service industry, in, in, in hospitals, in retail I mean, it's, it's, there are a lot of places where children just don't fucking belong. There are a lot of duties that children should not be carrying out. I think it was in, uh, in Minnesota or Iowa where they're considering allowing people who are 14 years old to work in freezers. Right now, they're not allowed to. Do you want your child working in a fucking meat freezer? My God, are times really that desperate? Are times really that desperate? And you know who's telling them to do this? Corporations. Corporations are going to their representatives and saying, hey, 
we need more people out here in these meat freezers, sliding the meat around, putting the, the hogs on the hooks. We can't find anybody. And of course, the GOP, they've, you know, been saying for years that they don't want, they don't want immigrants in the United States from Mexico and Central America and South America. So we got to find Americans to do it. Americans don't want to work in a fucking meat locker and a meat freezer. But who could we get to do it? Who wouldn't complain? Who would love to have some money in their pockets so they could go on to Sheen, buy some new clothes? Oh, a 14-year-old girl. She'd love to do that. Love it. Couldn't wait. Can't wait, I bet. Bet you if you, you, you poll teenagers, you ask them what job they would love to have right now. It wouldn't be working in a fucking meat freezer. You all are delusional. You all are delusional. You're delusional. And what you're going to find is teenagers doing dangerous jobs. You're going to find children doing jobs that they probably shouldn't be doing, seeing things that they probably should not be exposed to. You don't even want kids reading books about people being gay or sexually assaulted. How are you going to put them probably in an environment where they would be susceptible to sexual harassment? Where they would be, oh no, maybe they would be working around a drag queen. Oh no. You all are such fucking hypocrites. You are hypocrites. You're sacrificing children to bolster the U.S. economy. That is some hypocritical bullshit. Not only that, that's not the only thing you're doing. That is not the only thing you're doing. Authorities, I, I found this article on NBCnews.com, and uh, <clears throat> it says that authorities from the Justice Department are investigating how children from Central America wound up working in slaughterhouses, slaughterhouses for companies across the U.S., including meat plants in Arkansas. Well, blow me over. Just blow me the fuck over. Weren't we just promised that corporations would do the right thing by children? Or is it, we don't really care if they're immigrants, right? We don't, we don't care about that. <laughs> we just want them to do right by American children. Well, they are American. They're Central American. But they're brown. They speak Spanish. They're not American. Hey. It shouldn't matter. It should not matter. It should not fucking matter. The law is the law. The rules are the rules. But they look the other way because there is this, um, it's called a shadow workforce. And it's mostly made up of immigrant children, children who have crossed the border alone and the government now has decided that they want, they don't want these children held in detention centers. They want them pushed out of the door like it's a fucking assembly line. They want them in, paperwork, find a sponsor, find a family member, find somebody to take them and out the door. Because, you know, there was that brouhaha. People were complaining, showing the kids in the camps and crisis at the board and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so now we we're getting the kids out, right? This is what you guys wanted us to do. Get them out. Get them to sponsors. And the Department of Health and Human Services is supposed to keep track of these, uh, of these kids, provide them with um, social workers and people to monitor their home life, their education, make sure they're going to school. But what investigators found is that this is not happening in most cases. There was a New York Times investigation conducted by Hannah Dreyer of the New York Times. You can find her on Twitter. Her last name is spelled D-R-E-I-E-R. -E -E I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Hannah Dreyer. Or it could be Dreyer. Excuse me if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. But uh, in a series of tweets, she described the investigation the New York, the New York Times conducted of migrant children working in the U.S. There's also an article attached to this, but uh, she says, migrant children are losing legs at meat plants and breaking their backs in falls. A dozen have died on the job. 
when children are when children cross the border alone, they're sent to health and human services shelters. Health and Human Services is supposed to protect these kids from exploitation and release them to trustworthy adults. But staff say that they have been under huge pressure since 2021 to release kids more quickly. Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra is pushing staff to get migrant kids released to sponsors faster. He often asks why it can't run like an assembly line. I wasn't kidding. Then she links to a leaked audio clip where the secretary berates staff and says, if Henry Ford had seen this in his plants, he would have never become rich and famous. And he was not joking. He wants the pipeline, the um, border to sponsor pipeline to get unclogged, get unstuck, to move the children in and out faster. But the problem is that they're moving so fast that they're not really keeping up with what's happening to these kids. You see a lot of these kids, they, they might go to a relative already living in the U.S., but chances are they go to someone who they are not related to. And sometimes these children never see their families again. They never see home again. They're put to work instead of put in school, and they're made to work 14 hours a day, and they're not going to school. They're supposed to be in school. Not only are they supposed to be in school, but they are not supposed to be working the jobs that they are made to work. Children working in slaughterhouses, children are not supposed to be working in meat plants. We're talking about kids who are 11, 10, 12 years old. They're working as roofers. They're delivering food. They're washing clothes at hotels. The NBC article that I referenced earlier states that at the heart of the Department of Homeland Security investigation is determining how Central American children, some as young as 13, wound up working dangerous jobs that are legal only for American adults by presenting identification stolen from U.S. citizens, the official said. The Labor Department found that Packers Sanitation Services, Inc. employed 102 children at 13 slaughterhouses across eight states. The children were cleaning blood and animal parts off the floor of meatpacking plants by night and going to school by day. And according to statistics published by The Guardian, JBS Foods had 27 children employed, followed by Cargill Inc. with 26 children employed. Other processors included Tyson Foods, George's Inc., Buckhead Meat of Minnesota, Gibbon Packing Company, Omaha Packing Company, Maple Leaf Farms, and Turkey Valley Farms. Children cleaned machines that would be dangerous even for adults to work around. And at one point, a child fell asleep in class and missed class due to suffering chemical burns. And several other children reported suffering chemical burns. Unfortunately, the Labor Department is limited in what they can do. Fines is the most heavy penalty available at their disposal. The Department of Labor assessed Packer Sanitation Services, Inc., $15,138 U.S. dollars for each minor-aged employee who was employed in violation of the law. So far, the corporation has paid $1.5 million in penalties. During the fiscal year 2022, there was a 30% there was a 37% increase in child labor law violations across the country, with at least 688 children working in dangerous conditions. Despite Department of Labor warnings that child labor violations have increased, Republicans like our very own Goody Huckabee Sanders have pushed for expansions of types of approved work and approved work hours. Last year, the Labor Department was alerted to 
and ultimately discovered that dozens of children work in at least four Hyundai Kia manufacturing plants in Alabama, despite minor children being banned from working in the auto plants. Alabama and U.S. law restrict factory work for people under 16, and all workers under 18 are forbidden from many hazardous jobs in auto plants. But specifically, Kia and Hyundai prohibit child labor in their facilities. And in fact, they made it a big point to say that they are against child labor, that they take human rights violations such as child labor very seriously. Now, a lot of corporations have, they, um, they outsource the cleaning of their facilities, right? So they'll say, well, we didn't know. We hired such and such company, and they're the ones who are responsible. But this does not exculpate you. This is happening on your property, in your factories. Ms. Dreyer uncovered that many U.S. retailers are using illegal child labor, including, and this is where you're going to be looking sideways at things in your house. Ms. Dreyer talks about the existence of this shadow workforce makes it difficult for companies to track and monitor the working conditions and treatment of these workers. The shadow workforce are the people who are working under the table that the parent company may not know about, that is not spoken about, that people don't really talk about because it's probably illegal. Because of the shadow workforce, companies cannot track or monitor the working conditions and treatments of these usually minor child workers, which can lead to exploitation and abuse. But again, this does not exculpate them from accountability in the outcome of the abuse of this labor class. Many U.S. retailers are using illegal child labor, including Ben & Jerry's, Hearthside Food Solutions, which packages Cheerios, Lucky Charms, Chewy Granola Bars, Nature Valley Granola Bars, also Fruit of the Loom, J. Crew, Target, ugh, this breaks my heart. Walmart, Ford, GM, and surprisingly, Whole Foods. There was one comment from a young girl, I believe she was 14 years old. She packages Cheerios at night and goes to school during the day. Cheerios. She's not supposed to be doing this job. Not supposed to be working at all. Supposed to be in school only. She's packaging Cheerios at night. Children working in these factories do, as according to Ms. Dreyer, live with strangers or distant relatives, work long hours, work overtime, and weekends. Children are not supposed to work overtime. They are part of a shadow workforce that has exploded since the pandemic. The New York Times investigation found 12-year-old roofers in Florida and Texas Underage slaughterhouse workers in Delaware, Mississippi, North Carolina, children sawing planks of wood on overnight shifts in South Dakota. They are hotel workers in Virginia, coffee harvesters in Hawaii. They run milk machines in Vermont and deliver meals in New York City. So the answer to the labor shortage is children. When they didn't need the children, when they had plenty of adults to do the work, that's when these child labor laws came from the government. They had too many kids doing jobs that adults wanted to do. It wasn't because they were concerned for the safety of the children. Now, there were um, lobbyists and social workers and such and, and people who were trying to get the government to pay attention to what was happening to children. They were being maimed and killed and, and they were working dangerous jobs and the government was like, uh, oh, whatever, whatever, we don't care. But it wasn't until there was an abundance of adults who could do the work when they needed adults to, to, to work, that they decided to come up with these child labor laws and essentially regulating children out of the labor market by preventing them from doing certain jobs. 
and preventing them from working certain hours or working during the school year. So when they didn't need the kids, they tightened regulations. And now that they do need the kids, they want to loosen regulations. We are pawns. Our children are pawns in their game. And it's all for economic gain. They don't care about the safety, the welfare, the health, the education of children. They want children to read fewer books and work more jobs and more hours. We're creating a nation of people who just work. And for what? Who are we benefiting? We say we want to get ahead. We want to advance. We want to be number one in this and number one in that. We're not going to get ahead. If you're telling children that they need to well, maybe cut back on the schooling and go work at McDonald's. I mean, there are kids in my own neighborhood. There are kids 14 and 15 working at fast food restaurants. I see it all the time. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there should be limits. Education, at least high school. My God, get the people out of fucking high school. At least get them out of high school. Even if they don't go to college. A lot of, I work in public service. And let me tell you, a lot of people are not making it out of high school. As in they're dropping out, they're leaving. They're not even getting GEDs. I'm a lawyer. I've seen thousands and thousands of cases. People are not pursuing their education through the end of high school. And it's for a myriad of reasons. A myriad of reasons. But because it is so important to have at least a high school education, I think we should tighten the regulations around children working around minors working. We have to at least get them out of high school. We have to. No, they don't have to get straight A's. But they need to, to have these basic skills. They need to know history. They need to know civics. They need to, to know a different language. Nowadays in the United States, if all you can speak is English, you're a basic bitch. And I'm not trying to be insulting. That is the truth. I knew how to read Arabic by the time I was eight years old. And I took French and Spanish in school. That's three languages right there, plus English. And it was because I was a smart child. This is just what we did. Kids need to know different languages. There are more people in the United States who speak two languages, at least in their household, than ever before. But we're still telling people, oh, speak English, speak English. No, no. You learn something else. How about you speak Spanish? Speak Chinese? Speak Italian, French? Oh, I know. Shudder, shudder. But the answer to the labor shortage should not be children. A shortage of workers is no excuse to revert to the sinister system of our past where children were exploited and abused for production. In most cases, age and immigration checks are not being completed by hiring agencies or their employers and government agencies and government agencies fail at keeping track of children released to U.S. sponsors. So no... Goody Huckabee Sanders, I'm, I'm sorry to break it to you, but employers are not doing the right thing. The government is not doing the right thing. And in some cases, the families of the children are not doing the right thing. We are failing children for our short-term needs of getting goods out the door, of having fresh towels at our hotels, getting a roof put on in a few days, having lumber for a new home build. One of the best parts of living in the U.S., is that you don't have to get a fucking job at 10 years old. So why are immigrant children being made to work? Because you can make them work. Because you can. You know they come from a desperate situation. You know that their families back home probably need the money. You know that even though there's oversight, the overseers ain't checking on you. So instead of putting the kid in school, you make them go to work. Some teachers said that 
They didn't know that the children were work were working. They're not supposed to be working. But because when they report it, nothing is done about it, they have just decided to accommodate these children by letting them know what their rights are as far as employment is concerned, that they're entitled to breaks, that they're entitled to lunch, that they're not supposed to be working overtime, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe the children can advocate for themselves. If that's the best we can do, it's just to be like, hey, kid, just keep your head down. (laughs) Or, hey, kid, make sure you let them know that if they don't give you a bathroom break, you're going to call the Department of Labor and let them know that there are kids working there. I mean, I'm exasperated, really. And that's hard because I like to talk. (laughs) But child labor laws and work permits are aimed to prevent this. But this abuse is rampant in the U.S. Children are taken advantage of and sometimes say nothing because they feel like they lack agency. Ultimately, this employment arrangement, this shadow workforce, deprives children of a childhood. Or telling children, hey, just go to work. Just fill out an application and do it. You don't need your parents' permission. You don't don't need to tell your school. Just go and do it. In the U.S., we are now as we have been for decades, faced with inadequate labor laws and enforcement, where one party wants to enforce them, tighten them, another party wants to loosen them, reduce them, but still neither party can get a handle on enforcing them to the benefit of the child employee. But of course, it's always to the benefit of the corporations because everything you do in capitalism has to benefit some corporate overlord some corporation, some Fortune 500 company, some company, some employer somewhere. We have to make it easy for them to do business in the U.S. Otherwise, they're going to go abroad, Ayana. Yeah, they'll go abroad and they'll exploit the children there, too. They'll exploit the labor class there, too. Maybe we should make it easier for them to go abroad. But the fact that they go abroad and exploit the labor class doesn't mean that we got to act a fool over here. But people who say child labor is coming back, I postulate to you that it has never left. It never left. It never gave gone, honey. (laughs) And we are seeing that there is a desperation in in poverty, in greed, in money-making in our communities, in our capitalist-driven economies, that find people not only sending children to work, but killing themselves and their families over the loss of jobs and homes and money. We are killing ourselves and our kids to maintain even a modicum of stability. This is not a time to roll back protections. This is not a time to relax regulations and remove parents from decision-making in their children's lives. We believe parents should have the authority to say what books their children read but not what jobs they work? Make it make sense. And this has been Ayana Explains It All, brought to you by Facts, Figures, and Enlightenment. Take care. 